Welcome, friends, to the PW Fan. The PW Fan is a pro wrestling podcast created by fans for fans, and we appreciate you joining us for episode 16. I am your host, representing the old school wrestling fan, Tim Gilbert. And I'm your host, the architect of pro wrestling podcast, Andy. I'm also your host, the No Selling Wrestling Indie fan, Jeremy. All right, guys, today we got another great show for you. We're going to be. All right, guys, today we got another great show for you. We're going to be covering Roman Reigns firing Paul Heyman, AJ Styles and Omos breaking up, Kyle O'Reilly debuting on AEW, and more. But first, right now, like and subscribe to the PW Fan on YouTube where we have full episodes available and coming soon video so you can watch us along as you listen. Please leave a review on iTunes, and now you can also leave us a five-star review on Spotify. That would mean so much. For t-shirts, please go to ProWrestlingTees.com backslash the PW fan to get your pocket logo shirt. And we also want to thank Craig Smith from One Stop Wrestling for being today's sponsor. All right, Andy, let's start the show. You know what to do. You're up. Alrighty, I want to start with a SmackDown from the 17th. Um, just two things I really want to talk about. Uh, one I just found kind of funny. There was a Happy Corbin segment. Uh, I believe it was his Happy Talk show that he does. And, well, SmackDown that, that week was in Chicago. So, what do you expect to happen? There was CM Punk chants all throughout the uh, segment. So, I just thought, that, you know, that was kind of funny. Um, do you get annoyed I, with that? Do I? I? I'm one of, yeah, I'm one of those people who I, I actually find it amusing. Cause, just because it's WWE, you know. I, I find it funny. Even before he came back to wrestling, I always found it funny. Yeah. Because they, they try their best to ignore it and not be bothered by it. <laughs> yeah. It's like a fire that's gradually getting bigger and they're just ignoring it. Yep. Yeah, that's definitely Chicago for you. <laughs> uh, the main p- part I wanted to talk about from SmackDown, though, was the final segment of the night. We had Roman Reigns... Uh, doing an in-ring segment with Paul Heyman. And Roman, towards the end of the segment, says, why are you protecting Brock Lesnar from me? And Paul Heyman says, I'm not protecting Brock Lesnar from you. I'm protecting you from Brock Lesnar. Uh, Roman Reigns then brings uh, Paul Heyman in for a hug and thanks him for his years of service to his family. And they says, but you're fired. And then he proceeds to Superman punch Paul Heyman. Um, not long after that, he puts Paul Heyman on the ground, on top of a, his head on top of a chair, and it looks like he's about to give him a concerto. All of a sudden, Brock Lesnar's music hits. Brock takes out the Usos, and he gives an F5 to Roman Reigns, saving Paul Heyman. Um, it also would be... Uh, it should be mentioned that Roman Reigns had a new shirt, and if anyone had ever or had remembered hearing about how a couple months ago he said CM Punk never moved the needle, well, his new shirt uh, is a like a speedometer, and it says needle mover on it. But I thought this segment was awesome. Um, I'm still a really big fan of this Roman and the Brock Lesnar storyline he has going on, and, you know, this is a like a changing of tides kind of thing with the storyline. What do you guys think? Yeah, I'll say the same thing we said last week, that 
the stuff with Heyman, uh, Roman, and Brock is just so much better than anything else on the show right now. And uh, yeah, I thought I thought I laughed when I saw Roman's shirt when he first came out because I was like, oh, they actually made the shirt. Usually WWE just kind of never capitalizes on on that, or they make it too much of a marketing thing. But uh, yeah, I thought that was really funny, and that was a great twist in their storyline just to make, keep everyone in- interested because. I think everyone else was kind of seeing that Roman was going to, you know, hold on to the title since Brock is kind of here and there. But, I mean, now they're, kind of, they're changing things up. Yeah. Um, I'm interested to see where it's going to go from here. I'm kind of sad that Heyman and Roman are no longer going to be doing more stuff together as of now. I hope when we get to see that maybe again down the road. You know, Brock and Heyman have broken up before, even if it was briefly. So, um, yeah, I guess we'll see. But Roman's work has been great. Brock's great. Um, everything's been good. So it's 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 weird, though, that he uh, he fired him. And it's funny, uh, as we're talking about this, you, Tim, are actually wearing the Roman tracksuit top. <laughs> Representing I'm weird. I'm weirdly picky with merch. Like I like you guys were talking about the needle mover shirt. I, I probably would never wear that, but he put out this track jacket where it's literally all black and just on the chest piece there's a little tiny Roman logo. And I was like, okay, I would wear that. So it's almost like a Jordan logo, but it's a Roman logo. Yeah. I have a, actually people at the barbershop are always like, I like your Jordan track jacket. And I'm like, <laughs> it's not Jordan. Actually what's funny is and Right now, this is an audio podcast, but hopefully video soon, so eventually I could show you guys. But it's funny, this is a $50 jacket, right? And then you look, you turn it over here, and it's literally just this, like, crappy patch that they, like, sew sew on there. So, (laughs) basically $50 for a... Yeah, you were showing me it at Christmas. I think they just flung these together real quick. Yeah, they know it will, you know, they know it will sell... Um, but moving on, uh, we had Rampage that came on right after, and the one thing I wanted to talk about, but I'm not happy about, is Dan Lambert returned to AEW television. Um, he was in the ring with, uh, Men of the Year, Cody Rhodes and the, uh, interrupts and starts brawling with them, then Dustin Rhodes comes out, and then finally Sammy Guevara comes out to help. You know, I think it was to make sure Cody was at 100% for their match at the next Rampage afterwards for the TNT Championship. But, uh, yeah, we've talked about him before. How do you guys feel about Dan Lambert being back? I was so disappointed here to hear his voice again. <laughs> I thought he was finally done after their street fight. and you know. I was like, well, the one good thing I'll say is that they're not bringing back the MMA people. Like, it's only For him. now. For now. Yeah, it's just, yeah, really, for now. Yeah, because I guess it's like a never-ending storyline again with AEW. Mm-hmm. So there's only a few of them, and of course, it happens to be with Dan Lambert. <laughs> yeah, awful. I've been pretty vocal. I think he's one of the worst parts of the show. It was funny <laughs> for like the first two times, and then after a while, you're like, "All right, just tell a different joke," you know? Yeah, exactly. And he stays at the same level of like when he's delivering a promo. It's like yelling, just a hundred percent yelling the entire time. All right, moving on to Raw, uh, I felt like there were about two things on the show really worth mentioning. One, 
is I believe there was um, a series, like a tag team gauntlet match that they had going on. At one point, uh, AJ and Omas wrestled, but they ended up losing. And if you've been following along, there's been some tension between them. Well, uh, it turns out at the end of the match, uh, AJ and Amos started getting into it, which I guess you could say they have broken up as a team. Amos at the end says, next time I see you, it'll be in a ring. Um, you know, I've read online, some people thought this was too early for them, but it's kind of like the, you know, if Tim would know better than me, but, uh, breaking up of Shawn Michaels and Diesel back in the day, you had the the big guy, or the muscle, I would say, to Sean, who you know you could also say was the more talented one out of the group, and so is AJ. But uh, yeah, what's your guys' thought on AJ and Amos breaking up? Do you think they want to put Amos in a WrestleMania match against AJ and save it till then? Yeah, it could it could stretch that long, but I thought it was way too early. Like a lot of people were saying. Just because I feel like they had a lot more to do with both of them, like as a tag team, because uh, there's always going to be that storyline of them, you know, breaking up and then having a match with each other. So. Well, personally, I do not want to see AJ and Omos at WrestleMania. <laughs> yeah, I'd, I'd like to yeah. see it somewhere else, but uh, I don't want to see it at Mania. Yeah. Well, they're not doing it on day one, then, right? Because that's no, no, really it hasn't soon. been scheduled, and that's uh, that's next Sunday. Yeah. Yeah, I'm. Eh, I wasn't too interested in this storyline to begin with, so I can't say that I'm sad to see AJ going back on his own again, and not doing tag stuff and not doing mentor stuff. Uh, I pr- much prefer him just being straight up in the title picture, especially because we don't know how much longer his run's going to be. Because I mean, he's in his what mid forties now, so. Uh, I'd like to see him finish strong, but it's cool that he's helping getting younger guys over. I will say, I mean, I'm I'm sure Omos is fine. I've never been a huge big man guy, and I don't mean like big man as in okay, like the only two big men I've ever I like really loved like all their work is well, I'd say Taker, and then Kane's fun, like Kane in his prime up until like 2005. And then I enjoyed. Then you have guys like Brock who are big but don't move like big men. I would say that's like a different type of big men. There's like tall guys, you know, Andre, Big Show, Kevin Nash. And then there's like super heavyweight guys that can really move Brock Lesnar, Bam Bam Bigelow. I feel like it's two different types of big men, right? Like, do you see what I'm saying? Like, one is more agile and athletic. Yeah, 100%. 100%. And one is kind of like, I don't want to say clunky, but more like Frankenstein-ish. They just kind of like walk tall and they're more like stiff. Except Taker and Kane always, they were like a nice combination of both, I'd say. But um, yeah, just just an observation. Like, I don't think I've ever really talked on the show. Or Andy, I mean, you're my brother. I don't think we've even really talked about big guys in wrestling. Like, and who's your favorite big man? Like, I've never really sat and thought about it. I'd probably say Taker, Kane in his prime, and I like Nash. He was just cool. Nash had a cool presence in, like, Wolfpack era. People don't give the Wolfpack enough credit for how popular it was. It was huge. But um, keep on going. Um, 
Well, speaking of AJ going solo, maybe, you know, I'm crossing my fingers for a feud with him and Edge now. Um, but that takes me into what I want to talk about next, and that was the return of the cutting edge on Raw. Uh, and his Edge's first guest was Maurice, who the week before had slapped Miz across the face for using her as a shield against Edge. Um, this segment, though, ended up being kind of a double cross, and uh, I think Miz, one of the, either Miz or Maurice threw champagne in Edge's face, and Miz ended up taking him down with, um, God, what is his finisher called again? Skull Crushing Finale? Yeah. So he took him out with that, and, you know, they left Edge in the ring. But, um, yeah, I mean, I've been, I've been liking Edge and Miz's segment so far. I think it's one of the better parts of Raw, even though, you know, it's no action. It's all just promo work. But, um, yeah, I thought the return of Cutting Edge I, was worth talking about. I never really saw it too much back in the day. It might have been during my time of a hiatus from professional wrestling, you could say. Well, it's funny because I'm, I know I'm an indie fan, but I love these talking show segments that WWE produces. Whether it's the cutting edge or, uh, oh god, what was Jericho's called again? Uh, the highlight reel. His, like talk show. Oh, the Jeritron Five. The yeah, highlight reel. There we yeah, go. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> yeah. I don't know. The, so what? I know these ones are always gonna be like bad. Like uh, I don't know. I want to say bad promos, but it's always gonna be like very awkward or very scripted segments. Uh, but for some reason, I just always love them. They can be fun if they're done right, that's for sure. Yeah. But then there's some, you know, terrible ones also. Like I'm not a fan of Happy Talk. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I freaking hate it. I I did like what they did with um like uh well Ambrose at the time when he did like uh the plant Mitch when he has plant with him. His potty plant Mitch the potty yeah. plant. Yeah. <laughs> now it's time for a history lesson with Tim, the old school wrestling fan. So all those. Uh, segments is just it's literally because of the Roddy Piper Piper's Pit that's the original and yes. everything that's come after is because of that just throwing that out there there's been some good ones over the years Um, god there's been so many there was Jake the Snake had one Shawn Michaels had the Heartbreak what was it Heartbreak Hotel Brutus Beefcake had the Barbershop Hotel um, oh God! There's been a bunch. I've Miz and Morrison had one. Uh, Miz has Miz classic had Miz, Miz TV. TV. Miz TV. Yeah, there's been, and then a Carlito. Uh, Carlito didn't Christian Cabana, have one? The the Peep Show. Didn't Christian have one? The Peep Show. Yeah. Yeah. Peep show. Yeah. There's been a lot. There's been some funny ones. Brother Love had a. Uh, oh God, I can't remember. Was it the funeral home? I mean, I mean, I know Paul Barrow, Paul Bearer had that, but um, yeah. So it's just interesting how these type of segments we haven't seen anything like this on AEW yet, but throughout the WWF WWE history, these type of segments have always been a part of their DNA. It's just interesting. It's just a, an idea that's always around. Just different hosts over the years. All right. Moving on, though, I know we don't talk about NXT really anymore, but 
there's two things I felt like we're talking about. One is, so they have their pay-per-view coming up, which, God, I mean, I know they've used this pay-per-view name before. I still hate it. New, New Year's Evil. For the listeners, fun. everyone is shaking their head right now. But their plan is for Carmelo Hayes to wrestle Roddy Strong to unify the North American and Cruiserweight titles. I think it's an odd unification. What do they call it? I don't know. Because a couple of weeks ago, I think they, with um, Roderick Strong wrestling Joe Gacy for the title, they Joe Gacy's whole point was that it's um, inclusive. So they wanted to make the weight not really matter anymore. So that's what their plan is with those. I didn't know if you guys even watch that anymore or have any thoughts about the unification of those, but for the listeners that do, yeah, I just I just think it's odd, but we'll see. I haven't seen other, any other stuff other than I think what you're going to cover next is AJ going to NXT. Yes, yeah, so this so NXT comes on the you know the night after Raw, it comes on on Tuesday, so uh, I think it was immediately following Raw, they announced AJ was going to show up on NXT 2.0. I want to say this was done for ratings for because uh, of football was on TV, possibly. I think it's just a one-off, you know. I don't expect him yeah. to be back, but he came out and uh, because Grayson Waller was quote-unquote calling him out on social media or something, and that was AJ's... Purpose for being there, apparently. <laughs> so Grayson Waller's in the ring, um, you know, just kind of talking shit, saying, you know, one of the things he said, he's like, "How's this sound? The phenomenal Grayson Waller," and just <laughs> just shit along those lines. Uh, then AJ's music hits, big pop. Fans, you know, are really happy to see him. And he comes out, and he's you know talking shit to Grayson Waller. Grayson Waller mentions how AJ just lost his you know, the, his muscle and uh, AJ's older and Grayson's like the new younger talent and all that. But pretty much, I mean, if you watch the segment, AJ went from being a heel on Monday Night Raw to being a face all of a sudden. And I don't know if they're going to keep up uh, with that whole thing when it comes to Raw or not. Maybe he'll still be a heel in there, but he definitely turned into a baby face on NXT 2.0. Yeah, I thought it was kind of cool. It was like refreshing kind of to see AJ like this. Well, I remember I texted you guys and you were like, I might actually watch at <laughs> yeah. least that part of NXT this week. <laughs> yeah, but it was, it, like his entrance was cool. Like just seeing him in the NXT arena, like it was just different. He had popped in before, I believe. Yeah. Well, he didn't pop in since it went to the 2.0, right? No, no. He This is the first time on 2.0 for yeah. sure. I think he was only on... The black and gold brand, um, like one time, a little while ago. Tim, any I'm thoughts on AJ popping on NXT? I thought it was cool. I mean, why did you guys think that they chose him to do that? Just to get some ratings? Yeah, I mean, that's what I was saying, you know, um, to get some ratings. Have- I think they were competing with football. Yeah, they night. had like two games on Tuesday just because they those were postponed because of the COVID stuff uh, mm-hmm. on Sunday. 
You had to bring so up football. It was just football. like a one-off thing, I think. You had to bring up football <laughs> right after the Steelers just got absolutely annihilated and eliminated. Ugh. Um, yes, no, destroyed. No, I think it's cool that he did that. Um, it would have been more cool. would have been a lot cooler if you did. If you came back and it was the black and gold brand still because I feel like there was more match options at the time than there is now. Um, I mean, the only person I really... Well, luckily, I don't think he's going to have any matches. No, no, no. I'm just saying, like, in the event that he actually did something, the only people I'd want to see him work with is probably Tommaso Ciampa or Braun Breaker. Yeah, I mean, out of the old school now, I think there's only, like, Ciampa left, Roderick Strong, and Pete Dunn. Where's the, yeah, I was going to say, what's, what's my boy Pete Dunn been doing? He is totally underutilized. He's feuding with Tony D'Angelo. He's feuding with Tony D'Angelo, the Italian mobster guy that wears a fedora <laughs> and a tank top and tracksuit like, pants. Yeah, I, don't, I, don't I like haven't even that. watched NXT in forever, so it sounds so funny to me. <laughs> I hate it. I mean, I hate that feud, really. You know, I still watch NXT, but I'm not happy when I do. But can we please move on to uh, Dynamite Holiday Bash Day 1? No, I think we should only talk about NXT from here uh, on out. <laughs> you have to watch Damn, it this every podcast week, is ending right now. <laughs> it's been it's been fun talking. So yeah, this uh this past dynamite was uh holiday, they call it the holiday bash, but it was night one. And it opened up with a match Orange Cassidy versus Adam Cole. I don't know if the match was really important to talk about itself, except for the ending, which at the end of the match, Bobby Fish comes out, um, kind of distracts the ref, and while he's distracting the ref, uh, I don't, I don't know if he came from the crowd or he was under the ring, but he appeared in the ring was Kyle O'Reilly, um, and. I don't remember. Did he take? He took out Orange Cassidy, right? And then Adam got the win. Yeah, he did that, and then okay. I think, uh, yeah, then Adam and then, Cole hit him with the his finisher. Or yeah, the, the boom shot. So Adam Cole won, and afterwards Kyle uh, Kyle O'Reilly attacked Orange Cassidy. Then Trent and Chuck Taylor come out to help them, but to help Orange Cassidy, but he's taken out. There's undisputed chance in the crowd. Um, and then the Young Bucks come out, and they're not running out. You know, they're walking slowly, almost like they're confused. And, you know, you get a nice little pose in the ring of the classic Undisputed Era. I'm curious what they're going to go by now, if they are going to be in, in a group, which it seems like they are. But it also seems like there's some tension between the Bucks and uh, Adam's group now. So what's your thoughts, guys? You think they're maybe we see in a little while the elite versus Let's whatever go. Adam is going to call his group with them. I can't wait for that. Yeah, I mean this is the dream scenario. Yep. Which I think this is something that you and me, Tim, had talked about before when NXT was going like head to head with AEW. Yeah, I mean I'm, we used to. What's the word? Uh, the the phrase we used to fantasy book stuff like this all the time. Just the what if saga, basically. Like what if this happened, and then this happened, and now look here we are. It's been a few years, and we're really starting to get some cool stuff going now. 
you know, Adam Cole is a, a star now. Um, he definitely became more of a star once he got to NXT. Uh, so now, you know, he can be the leader of his own group. And where before it was Kenny, now I think those two are probably going to butt heads. While Fish and O'Reilly, you know, are going to end up butting heads with the Young Bucks. I think it's going to be fun. Yeah, I love how they planted the seeds already, too. So after that, we had uh, an announcement that the on January 5th, there's going to be a rematch for the uh, AW World Championship, Brian Danielson versus Hangman Adam Page. And that led into uh, an in-ring segment with Adam Page where Danielson actually came out and interrupted. And Jeremy, I'm going to pass this over to you because I think you remember it a little bit more than me. Yeah. Yeah, so Danielson interrupted. And I, I just find it funny that he still comes out of the face tunnel, even though he's just he's being a heel, 100% yeah. a heel right now. So it's just funny. Um, but, yeah, he kind of made the thing about that he was banged up from uh, all the matches that he had, He or he said he hurt himself kicking all the Dark Order's heads in. That's why he, why he uh, couldn't beat Hangman and Page. And so he said, this time I'm not going to wrestle at all until they have the rematch. So for about another week or two until the January fifth show. So yeah, I th- I was kind of shocked at how fast they're doing it, the rematch. But I get it because they're new. It's the first show of the new year on the new new network, at least in the U.S. for on TBS. Yeah, I thought it was funny that Danielson still comes out of the face tunnel. I really have no idea where they're gonna go with that i feel like you know what's cool about AEW, you know because i'm always going off on a little tangent uh is just the fact that the fans kind of play along like obviously we all like brian danielson right like how can you not respect him but in his role it's like everybody kind of plays along like you know what i mean like the fans are in on it like they know that they're supposed to boo. Even though we all like him and respect him, we all kind of play it long. And I think it's just so fun. And I like him as a heel a lot. The fans are like a character. I really think so. I mean, I think the AEW AEW audience in particular, very similar to the old school ECW arena audience, make the show. And I think I really do think that there's also a segment of people who actually fly around and go to these different shows, you know, the super fans, which, God, that's got to be awesome. I always wish I could do something like that. But um, they, the fans are like an extra character, you know? I swear, they, they, we really saw over the pandemic when they're not there how much of a difference that it makes. I mean, it made some of it unwatchable, to be honest. Yeah, it was some rough couple months. Oh, you didn't like the Matt Hardy teleporter through the crowd? <laughs> and even then, I really liked uh, Matt Hardy, but, uh, <laughs> yeah. yeah you know what my least favorite feud would be? Yeah. If Sean too Spears mystical and, for me. If Sean Spears and Matt Hardy had a feud, that might actually get me to change the channel. <laughs> <laughs> Alrighty, so then we had a... A backstage segment with the Pinnacle in, I guess, their their locker room or whatever. And this has kind of been a slow build, but there seems to be, you know, they're showing more tension between MJF and Wardlow. I think it's a little bit of that long-term storytelling they got going on. But uh, while they're back, they're talking about their 
their match tonight, which is the main event. Um, it's where it's MJF and FTR versus CM Punk, Darby Allen, and Sting, which uh, we'll get into later on. But yeah, so Wardlow and MJF, I think it's only a matter of time before they butt heads. Really feeling Wardlow recently. Like I know he has all these squash matches, matches, but they're just fun to watch, and he's. I don't know, for some reason, he's a really entertaining person that has uh, uh, powerbombing everyone. I don't well, know, just something the way he does it. Well, that leads into this match, which was our next <laughs> segment. It was Wardlow versus Captain Sean Dean. And he did four powerbombs in a row, made quick work of him. Your winner was Wardlow. And then at the end, Sean Spears hits Dean, who's been down from four powerbombs with a chair. <laughs> Almost to be like, see, I did something, <laughs> yeah. kind of thing. I I know Tim, you don't like him at all, but Sean Spears, I find like in this role, he's like kind of funny to me. So I know he's like I've their Brandon kinda... Cutler. I've yeah. realized what they're, <laughs> I've realized what they're doing. So basically, Wardlow is going to keep destroying these guys, right? And then Sean Spears is going to keep interrupting it, and it's going to lead into. I'm sorry if you're one of these people who would rather just watch and but watching for so long I can see the pattern of how this is going to go. So he's either going to turn on Sean Spe- Wardlow's going to turn on Sean Spears for stealing his thunder basically. And then that is going to lead to the Wardlow MJF feud eventually down the road. Spoiler spoiler alert. If you don't think that's where they're going, I think you're crazy, but that's where all this is going. <laughs> well, after that, we had a video package for next week's, uh, or the for the upcoming Rampage, Sammy Guevara versus Cody Rhodes for the TNT Championship. This led into a promo from Dan Lambert and the Men of the Year. This is where Dan Lambert talked about how Tony Tony Khan asked him, uh, you know, wants him to be used in order to get fans to quote unquote like Cody. And then uh, throughout the segment, he also says that either Scorpio Sky or Ethan Page will face the winner for the TNT Championship. So, um, you know, if you don't like the Men in the Year, well, you're going to get more of them. <laughs> You know, it's gonna be a tough next month or so for you. <laughs> yeah, God. Uh, and we'll get into the winner of that match later on, but yeah. So, I mean, if I want to entertain a match, I think I'm gonna go like wrestle wise. I think I'm gonna go with Scorpio Sky. That's just me. Oh, I uh, mean, not really. We're hard Ethan on Page Scorpio fan. Sky. We're we're hard on the Dan Lambert guys, the Ethan Page and the Scorpio Skies. What sucks is. We joke around on the show, but Scorpio Sky should have been a stud. You know what I mean? Like in the beginning the of AEW, he was he was really right in the beginning. He was booked great. He was one of their singles competitors. Didn't do a lot of mic work. Still don't. He's gotten better, but I think it's unfortunate that this is the role that he has to play right now. But. I also think he's super talented, and this is just a phase in his career. I think Scorpio Sky will bounce back into a cooler singles career eventually. All right. After that, we had uh, 
backstage segment with Brick Baker, which led into a really cool video package uh, for Owen Hart. Um, because they have the they have the Owen Hart tournament, men and women's tournament, uh, coming up here soon. And this video package was really cool. You had people like Adam Cole and uh, Matt Hardy, Mark Henry. Um, if anyone else can think of anyone else that was in the video, but they were all talking about what Owen meant to them, watching him or knowing him throughout the year. Dustin Rhodes talked about Owen as well. Uh, I thought it was a really cool tribute and done really well. Yeah, I love how AEW does these tribute videos. It's just something about the way that they do it, and they just, I don't know, it's just, there's no angle to any of it. It's just, like, honoring this person. So that's, like, I just find that um, really cool from them. Well, speaking of tributes, as of today that we're recording, was the passing of, it's been a year since the passing of Brody Lee. That's right. Rest in peace, Brody Lee. And that was, like, one of the best tribute shows I think I've ever seen. Not to mention, yeah, the show that the, the entire show they did dedicated to him, which I think they yeah. did this year too. I think it's, um, yeah, they did the Rochester show yeah. for him because that's his hometown. Brody Lee's wife, oh. I believe her name's Amanda Huber. Uh, I saw on Twitter because I I run the social medias for the podcast. Um, they, they. Uh, somebody had tweeted at her that they they offered to buy their her kids gifts for the holidays, and she said, "You know that's very sweet of you, but my you know my boys are very fortunate, which I'm sure they are between, you know, their father and then I I really think Tony Khan probably takes good care of them, and she has a job with them now too, which is awesome, but she's." She said, if you'd like to do- buy toys for uh, kids, and then she posted some links to some charitable foundations. And I was like, you know what? That's just like a, a cool family. Rest in peace, Brody Lee. And uh, you're definitely missed by the wrestling world. It's a shame that you're gone. Um. So then that led, after the own heart video package, it led us into the a TBS championship semifinals match, Nyla Rose versus Ruby Soho. Your winner was Ruby Soho, and she will face the winner of Thunder Rosa and Jade Cardgrill in the finals. Glad so, that Ruby won. So far, my picks are going through, which is Jade Cardgirl <laughs> and Ruby. Um, we'll see if Jade you know, goes all the way, or we're going to see Thunder Rosa versus Ruby Soho. Yeah, I'm starting to feel that they're doing Thunder Rosa versus uh, Ruby Soho. I don't know. And then, then I feel like Ruby is going to get the win. Because they're doing Thunder Rosa versus uh, Britt Baker pretty soon. So oh, I don't know. okay. That's the match right there. That's uh, what we need so to see. So after that. Yeah. So after that, we had a a video from Serena Deeb. Um, if you want to talk about never-ending feuds, this was about her and Hikaru Shida again. And Serena Deeb was pretty much saying she's just going to keep coming back until she... Uh, you know, I guess beats Hikarshi is senseless in a way. Like, I don't know what she wants out of this. It's, go- it's going to be their fourth match if they have a match. Yeah. It's, you know. it's like this and then Matt Hardy and Orange Cassidy. Every time you <laughs> oh, think it's done, right. it's not. Yeah. 
yeah, you were talking about uh, Matt Hardy versus um, God. Who'd you mention? Oh, Sean Spears. S- yeah, how about Matt Hardy <laughs> and Orange Cassidy? I can't. I Moving on. <laughs> Moving on. <laughs> so then we had Malachi Black versus Griff Garrison of Varsity Blondes. Griff uh, Garrison's his name, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> the, uh, the other blonde. Yeah. Now I yeah, know. that we could. Gosh, uh, that name Winter is awful. Was, I was like, dude, I'm sorry, man. I don't know your name, but. <laughs> yeah, so Griff Garrison, you know, uh, getting revenge for the random black mist to Julia Hart's face. <laughs> Malachi Black won by submission. Uh, afterwards, Pillman Jr. goes after Malachi, I think because Black wasn't uh, releasing, even after the bell rang. But, what do you know, uh, Black does a black mask to Pillman, so, and takes that I have no out. idea where this is going. No, no. And I'm hoping it doesn't go anywhere. I'm hoping <laughs> it just it gets into something else. Yeah. And we had uh, Matt, Hardy, Matt Hardy and Private Party backstage. And after that, that led to Jurassic Express and Christian Cage backstage. Both teams were talking about the upcoming match between Isaiah Cassidy of Private Party versus Jungle Boy from uh, this coming Rampage. But the main event of the show was FTR and MJF teaming up to face Sting, Darby Allin, and CM Punk. So Sting comes sick. out wearing CM Punk inspired face paint, has like the red lightning bolts, and did he have the fists on, on it yeah, somewhere? He had I don't two remember. Fists on his forehead. Okay, Punk's wearing old school Sting face paint awesome. and old school Sting uh, bottoms, the long just plain black tights with just a scorpion white scorpion on the side, and maybe red boots if I'm not mistaken. I don't. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, and then half of Darby's face is a pink version of the Crow Sting face paint. That was awesome. Yeah, I thought it was really cool. Um, but in the end, uh, Punk did a GTS, Sting did a Scorpion Death Drop, and Darby Allen did a Coffin Drop to Dax Hardwood, where your winners were CM Punk, Darby Allen, and Sting. I thought this was a really cool match. I just uh, want to say, I this don't is know why they did school. all this tribute stuff, but I really liked it. This is old school pro wrestling. They had the war paint on. Like, this is very WCW late 80s early 90s super cool tribute um i'm a big figure collector uh once we start doing video i hope that you know you guys will be able to see some of my collection in the background but apparently jazz wears who makes the AEW figures has already been talking about doing a three pack of all three of those guys wearing the paint and i was like oh man you know i'm getting that if that comes oh that's awesome yeah i was like i'm definitely getting that if that comes out so that's some cool stuff but yeah this was old school pro wrestling i i thought i really because i'm sure you guys have read it too and i'm sure some of our listener has listeners have stinged in an interview where he has great respect for punk says that the pops that he get is very reminiscent of the road warrior pops which is uh, a huge compliment and if you're not an old school wrestling fan or understand what that means is basically uh animal from the road warriors in the locker room used to say so-and-so gets a big pop but they don't get a road warrior pop and uh apparent and he said that's what sting or that's what cm punk gets as a road warrior pop so basically a pop and if you don't know if you're a casual fan listening the pop is when the crowd explodes and reacts and cheers um and i feel like sometimes we forget that we might 
have people that listen that don't know what some of that insider lingo is. So basically, he, he just was saying that the reaction that gets CM Punk gets is uh, admirable and very cool to see. And I just thought the fact that these two legendary wrestlers have great respect for each other is super cool. Totally different, different eras. Very cool. I liked one of the stories that they were telling during this match was, I don't think it ever came to pass, if I'm mistaken, correct me guys, but they were trying to keep MJF away from CM Punk. I don't know if they ever touched in the match. Yeah, they never touched, which I thought was a really cool part. Like, that's definitely an old school part with, like, I, Jim Ross always makes the uh, point of saying, you know, if the two wrestlers never touched until the match, uh, then it's a big deal. Yeah. So I, 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 felt, I felt that that was, like, definitely Punk's um, doing. Yeah, I thought it was, it was really good. That wraps up Dynamite, though. Um, this is a longer show, guys, because tonight we're recording on a Sunday, so it'll be out Monday. So because of that, we're going to cover the SmackDown after Dynamite and the Rampage as well. And I just want to add in, since Andy brought that up, that our episodes will start being released on Mondays. Uh, we actually, in the past, the first 15 episodes, we would work our regular jobs and then record after our regular jobs. So if we ever sounded tired or maybe not as fiery as usual, it's because we're coming from our regular career jobs so we thought recording it on a sunday where we had the day off and we could be refreshed it's just going to be better for the show and uh all around and so be on the lookout for new episodes dropping on mondays from here on out uh still available on all your favorite streaming platforms and i think it also you know made sense that to cover stuff monday to friday instead of friday to wednesday it's just going to work better. It also made sense, I felt it, like. It's just going to work better all around. I mean, I, I want to be transparent with our audience, and I think being personable is something that people like. So, I mean, the really, uh, the only reason we were doing it on that particular night is uh, I have a child, and I was working late on those nights, and it just seemed to be the best night that fit. But we're going to make these, uh, these Sunday night recordings and these Monday drops work out from here on out. So what do you got next for us, Andy? All right, so yeah, that being said, um, this past SmackDown from Christmas Eve opened up with kind of the fallout of what happened with Paul Heyman getting fired. Um, I believe it was Caleb Braxton interviewing Paul Heyman, and you know it looked like he hadn't shaved, like he was disheveled and uh, emotional. And by the end of the interview, he starts to, you know says something along along the lines of maybe he needs to figure out his career or what he's going to do with the rest of his career or life or whatnot. And so it opens up the show that way. makes you kind of question, like, okay, is Paul Heyman retiring? What are they trying to do with him? And then towards the end of the night before the main event, they have a big, like, video tribute package to Paul Heyman and his whole career, starting from him doing announcing and and whatnot to him owning ECW, um, coming into WWE, yeah, coming into WWE, and then his time with Brock during Brock's first run, and then ending with uh, Brock's second run, and then Roman and all that. So, you know, 
what's what's the future of Paul Heyman, I think, is kind of what they're trying to get at and trying to make the fans think. But, yeah, Jeremy, it was a nice touch. And um, I wonder, you know, where he will play or what side he'll be on, if any side, for the upcoming Roman and Brock matches. Because I believe their program is supposed to continue after day one, if I'm not mistaken. Well, yeah, do you think it's going to be a thing? Because when, when is there the ne- next match, uh, Brock and Roman? It's day one. Day one? Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I feel like it's going to be a thing where you don't see Heyman until it's like towards the end of the match. And then it's going to be like he has to pick a side. Regardless of the future of Paul Heyman, he is without a doubt in a class of manager uh, that very few people ever get to um i would say for me now being a wrestling history guy the best three ringside managers of all time uh and they could be changed in order depending on what generation you're from is bobby the brain heenan jim Cornette, and paul Heyman. i mean that and for me to say that paul Heyman is in that class of talent is probably like as a fan like the best compliment I can give him because the two other guys I mentioned are renowned for just everything and Paul Heyman's an amazing talker I loved his last run if he doesn't do anything else from after this Wrestlemania and that was kind of the end for him like man what a career Paul Heyman is the man so I'm a, I'm a Paul Heyman guy, and I'm sure some of our listeners are too. One other thing from SmackDown that I kind of forgot about until now was there's a new number one contender for Shinsuke Nakamura's Intercontinental title, and that is Sami Zayn. He won a uh, a gauntlet match. Um, and at first I was like, okay, I mean this will be cool. You know, I do like Sami and Zayn, but. Then I thought back to Sammy's final NXT match, and it was amazing, and it was against Shinsuke Nakamura. Um, I don't know if you remember that, Tim or Jeremy, but they had an awesome match. Shinsuke had just gotten there pretty much. That was his de- debut match. Yeah, and it was Sammy's last. So if they if they can step it up to that level again, um, you could have a really good match. Hopefully they get the time to do it. Best of the black and gold brand right here. I think I got that match right on here, man. So for the listeners, that is a DVD that Tim is holding up right now to the camera. I'm an old man. And that match is on there, you I said? S- yeah, I still like the physical format. <laughs> Tim still has VHS. This is all right. I do have one VHS of wrestling. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Uh, so... Our final segment, we'll we'll uh, talk about Rampage. Thought there was two things. To t- all these shows, I'm like, besides Dynamite, I'm like, there's two things to talk about. <laughs> I just realized that this entire podcast. So Rampage, I want to talk about Hook. Hook was Hook. sent. Hook was sent for a second time. Sand Hook. Get a, a second match. Get a <laughs> second match versus Bear Bronson of Bear Country. And Hook won. I thought just another great outing for him, man. I'm, I'm a big Hook fan. He lifted this big dude, like, <laughs> tossing him around. Um, 
they're handling this debut amazingly. Like, both of these matches and debuts for him have been amazing. And the crowd is, like, 100% behind him already. Yeah, I mean, as soon as his... I mean, nothing really happens at first. His screen's black, and then once the music really kicks in, it's just says hook on it. But when that build up, man, the crowd is hyped. (laughs) They really are so into him. I I love his music, too. It's like, it's an Action Bronson song. And then it's just a spotlight on him and just says hook on the screen. Like, perfect. And then he gets in the ring. He turns around, doesn't, you know, gives the disrespect to the opponent. Uh, Yeah, I thought it was great, man. Future star. I can't wait. He's 22 years old. He's going to kill it. Wrestling Twitter, being wrestling Twitter is freaking out. I don't know if any of you guys saw because he no sold a pile driver. You guys I did guys, I did watch in the match. I was like, "Oh, people are going to hate this." Yeah. And people were like, "I never want to like, see anything like this. this again." Like acting like it's the most egregious <laughs> offense. Honestly, I wasn't a ever. fan of it, but Okay, but this is coming to the, uh, Hang on. Wait, 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 wait. wait. This is coming from the same people that I when, didn't like it, but I liked it. It's weird. But when this is coming from the same people who, after the buck, the Bucks do five hundred super kicks and the guy gets back up, like I'm like, come on, guys, like <laughs> he could have sold it like an extra few seconds. No, I get it. Yeah, I mean, I I like the no selling like that, um, just for like a mo- like one move in a match, and that's it. Well, you are the no-selling indie fan. It's a tribute. It was a tribute to (laughs) his dad. It was a tribute to his dad because there's a match where Taz did the same exact thing, and they played the clips by side by side and like. Well, see if they knew that, maybe they would understand it a little bit more. I just saw these people. I hope I never see anything like this ever again. I was like, oh my god. Um, (laughs) Tim, you need to give history lessons on this. Yes. Check out our new podcast coming, uh, Wrestling History One Hundred (laughs) and One with Tim. (laughs) <laughs> Everything you need to know to understand it. It'll help you so if that you anything, don't get mad by what's being done. Yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna call it the the bitter the bitter old wrestling podcast. <laughs> so our main event of the show it was Cody Rhodes versus Sammy Guevara for the TNT Championship. Uh, right beforehand, like every Rampage main event, um, there was Mark Henry. <laughs> talking to them virtually on the screen. Uh, Sammy said something that he's happy that Cody's angry. And then Arn's like, most people call me Mr. Anderson or some <laughs> shit like that. I was like, did you just watch The Matrix or something? <laughs> <laughs> That's what I thought instantly was that. Yeah. Um, and what, Arn said something like, if Cody's not angry after all the you know hell he's put him through over these past couple months or whatever... Um, yeah, yeah. staying outside in the backyard with fires and stuff, you know, <laughs> being weird. But then he <laughs> says something. Sammy says something like, um, "Like it should be an honor for him to be in the ring with Cody, or basically something like that." And he's like, "No, it should be, you know, an honor for you to be in the ring with me, something like that." Because yeah. he's and the champion. Co- as well. yeah. And then Cody gets a little. You see him get a little bit mad, but I think we were all surprised with. This ending, they took the belt off of Sammy. They uh, gave it back to Cody Rhodes. On Rose. Christmas. You want someone to get even more heat? That's the way to do it. People already hate Cody yeah. Rhodes. People love Sammy. Yeah, Cody uh, knows what he's doing. What you guys think of the match, though? And then, yeah, what you, what you guys think of the title change? 
Yeah, I didn't I, like I, it. I liked the match. It was. I thought it was a really good match. You didn't like the match? No, I liked the match. I didn't like the title change. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> I, I was like, dude, my boy. I was like, Triple H vibes coming in. <laughs> just just, just well, burying my end, man. I thought he was doing a pedigree for a second. I did too. I was like, oh my God, he's going to beat him with a pedigree. <laughs> oh, when he, yeah, when he wrapped his arms up, I was like, oh my God. Yeah, he did the pile but, driver instead. Yeah. Yeah, after I saw what he did two crossroads and then that I was like, oh. He did three crossroads and he then buried him. They just destroyed him. Three. <laughs> um. Yeah, people getting mad about Hook getting up. If if Sammy had gotten up after that, uh, I think there would have been a problem. <laughs> well, when he did like three of them, I was yeah, like, that, All right, that was it's way over. too fast for Sammy. Yeah, Sammy yeah, was over, yeah. man. That was weird. Well, I wonder. I wonder like, what they'll do with him. Either keep the feud going or see what they have set up. Yeah, because I don't know. Usually, Mir- the Redeemer's coming back, guys. So. Yeah, I don't know. He's gonna get cheered if he goes against Cody. He said. Mirror said, "You punishing me, and I can't see my flexible hot wife." I was like, oh. <laughs> "I can't even have sex with my hot wife." It's like everyone's like, "All right, we get it." <laughs> She's so flexible. You don't even know. So, yeah, I don't know what their, you know, their plans with Cody now, but it's clearly to wrestle one of the men of the year, whether it's Scorpio Sky or Ethan Page. But I guess we're just going to have to see where it goes, you know. They're going to get cheered. Oh, God. I, I didn't even think about that. Even yeah. Them. Well, guys, that about wraps up the show. Uh, I just wanted to say with the new year coming in, thank you all so, so much uh, you you've gotten us over 1500 plays this year and we've only been a podcast for a few months uh, we got the shirt on pro wrestling tees and we couldn't have done any of this stuff without the the people that have supported us and listened to our show and actually made it worth our while to do this every week so thank you so much um, just want to do a couple shout outs from people over the year who really supported us uh, actually, I called them out last week, but I said their name wrong. Not Suki and Pops, it's Zuri and Pops. And they are always very supportive of us, supportive of us on social media. Um, Stu World Order, SWO Productions, he's a fellow podcaster. Please go check him out. And he's always been good to us throughout the year. He retweets everything we put out. He recommends our show to people, and he has a bigger following than we do. So uh, thank you so much, Stu, for doing that for us. Please follow us on Twitter and Instagram at the PW Fan, and if you can, please go to Andy's Funko Pop Collection on page. And if you can, go to Andy's Funko Pop Collection page on Instagram at the Four One Zero Fan Bros. And please like and subscribe to the PW Fan on YouTube, where we have full episodes available. Thanks again for listening, and join us next week on the PW Fan Podcast, where we talk all things pro wrestling. Bye bye, everybody.